Running camp in 2020 or 2021 presents challenges that we as camp professionals need to confront, figure out, and communicate with confidence to our staff and camp families. Outdoors, we know, is easier, and many camps with tremendous indoor space opted to avoid it last summer. Today, we're going to talk about an indoor camp success story with Melanie Zach from Sport Time in Kings Park, New York, whose organization is almost exclusively indoors and made it happen. This is the Day Camp Pod. This is the Day Camp Pod from Go Camp Pro, bringing you the best ideas, strategies, and discussions in the day camp industry. You can find our show notes at daycamppodcast.com. Welcome back, my friends, to the Day Camp Podcast. I'm Andy Pritikin, Director of Liberty Lake in the Philly suburbs of New Jersey, and we are joined today by Melanie Zach, whose Wi-Fi is working so amazing. Say hi. <laughs> hi, guys. My name is Melanie, and I'm the Camp Director at Sport Time Kings Park in Kings Park, New York on Long Island. So, Melanie, tell us how you got to this. Give us the, the, the two-minute uh, origin story of you making your way to this position that you're at now. So I started at Crestwood on Long Island as a lifeguard and stayed in the aquatics field and um, went down the education road and the business road. And um, just as I was having my my kids, just, you know, fell back in love with camp. And, um, you know, it just kind of grew from there and found sport time about eight years ago. And it's been my home ever since. And tell us a little about Sport Time. We are a tennis fitness multi-sport facility, our Kings Park location. We are a tennis organization. Um, We have 12 other locations on Long Island, in New York City, and in upstate New York. And they all have a commitment towards summer camp, they which do. is which yeah. is pretty awesome and unique. Mm-hmm. And um, and and Melanie was saying that this place that teaches tennis lessons all year round has workout rooms and all these kind of things, and and teaches all kinds of multi sport stuff. I was on your great website. Um, that camp is a huge part of the budget at, yes. at this place. Absolutely. So all of our locations have different camps because all of our facilities are different. So our our facility at Sports on Kings Park, like I said, is a tennis fitness multi-sport location. So we have a 22,000 square foot turf field. We have an outdoor pool. We have seven tennis courts. We have outdoor recreation areas and indoor classrooms. And we utilize every inch of our 80,000 square feet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's impressive. So when the pandemic hit, right? Yes. And we all started freaking out. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that the sports time crew was freaking out a little bit more than a Liberty Lake crew was, you know? Yes, um, and, and And the kids that were signed up for your camp. Yeah. So um, we were all at Tri-State together. And, the last uh, conference on earth. Yeah. <laughs> when we, you know, the whole world started to sort of crumble and... Um, it was at that moment, you know, that weekend when we all kind of started to think about camp and what's going to happen and what happens now when schools are closing and all of this stuff. And um, we just took it day by day. And we had the support of our executive team behind us who, you know, they have been absolutely fantastic. And we came up with a plan and our plan, you know, we had in place very similar to um, the governor's plan. 
um, and we were ready to roll. So as soon as they told us that camp was going to open, we had everything in place, you know, ready to um, come back and get started is, you know, if, if our campers wanted to come back and join us, which they right. did. So I love that aspect of the story, Melanie, because I really feel like, um, you know, throughout the whole turmoil and anxiety and stress that everybody was dealing with, you know, one of the words that we heard all the time was uncertainty. There's uncertainty, uncertainty, right? right. And yet there are people like you guys mm-hmm. and many other camps that I know that took it upon themselves to say, no, we're going to get out ahead of this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is sort of common sense. Okay. There's germs that come out of your mouth, blah, 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 yeah. right? And like, we could figure this out, at least come up with a tentative plan and then tweak it if and when we have to, right? And, I, and I think, yeah, and I think I think that puts you ahead of the game, you know. Yeah, so we um, opening camp for us was uh, not opening camp. Excuse me, was not an option for us. So we never uh, we never thought that camp was not going to open. We knew that camp because our in the community that we serve, so many of our parents work, if not all of our parents work, that we knew we were going to at least be some sort of daycare. Maybe it couldn't look exactly the way camp was going, you know, has traditionally looked, but we knew we were going to open. So uh, we came up with several different plans on how we were going to do that. And what we ended up doing um, looked very similar to our original plan, which was, you know, pivoting and, and changing some things. But camp at its, at its essence stayed what camp, you know, has been for us at Sport Time Kings Park. So we're very uh, proud of that and, and very happy to you yeah, know, share it, that it with just everyone. It just looked a little differently. And, a little and, bit. And, and, you know, I was, I was watching. We sort of met each other through, like, the Summer Camp Professionals page and mm-hmm. social media and such. And, um, and, and I was sort of in awe of it. And um, so, yeah. so tell us what, you know, when, when you guys were like, okay, so we're, we can do this, right? Mm-hmm. So what, what are the, the major things that you guys had to put in place that were going to be different that you knew was going to take a significant level of discipline, right, with your staff in order to make happen? Well, I mean, so every everyone for the most part, right, everyone's sanitizing hands and everyone's doing the um, wellness screens on the computer and everyone's taking temperatures well, well, and all of those hold things. Hold on for a second with that because I've read through your stuff. So you guys had a sport time app. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That they that they were able to do it through yeah. or online. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. pretty darn cool. Thank you. Right? <laughs> you were able to pull that off. Yeah. Right? And, and then, um, so when the kids showed up, did they have to show that or it was already just in the system? So we, myself and the other directors and some of our administrators had iPads. So we've always done an express drop-off where the cars pull up in the circle, we take them out of the cars. Um, so this, you know, this season, we already had that in place. All we had to do was take their temperature. And then on the iPad, we can check off, you know, attendance right on the spot and right next to their name would say whether they completed the health screen or not. Gotcha. So, so if they filled it out late, would they just flash it to you on their phone kind of thing? Cause that's what I, a camp that I'm associated with has, has done. So if they didn't fill it out by the time they needed to get out of the car, they had to pull over and fill out a paper screen. So, or if they made a mistake, because you know that mm-hmm. it, you can click it off quickly and make a mistake, right. um, they had to pull over and just fill out a quick health screen. Right. I, I also saw that you guys were adamant about it, 
So that's the lowest I've seen out of any other camp that you guys <laughs> yeah. are like, we're not screwing around. <laughs> no, absolutely not. So uh, we at Listen, least, it's three digits. You're gone. Yeah. You're out of here and please go directly to the hospital. No, I'm just kidding. So <laughs> we, uh, we were very strict. We were very strict with our staff and we had these open, honest, transparent conversations with our parents starting. We always do, but starting in March, we would go on Facebook live in our parent group, so it's a little bit private, and we would we would basically lay out our plans. Before they were even set in stone, we said, this is what we plan to do. We need your feedback. We want to know, you know, how you feel as parents. We want to know what you'd like to see. We want to know as health professionals, because many of our parents are doctors and nurses, let us know what you're seeing in the hospitals. What 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 are you guys putting into place that is making you know, the world's a safer place. Please tell us and we will implement it. And they did. So we, we had these meetings um, once a week and we had hundreds of people on and it was a very, you know, great way to get everyone to feel comfortable and to have everyone's questions answered. And then of course they could, I mean, we were on the phone all day long and, and email and, and so on. And that's fine. I wanted to be able to handhold every single camp family and, if they were planning to come to camp, I wanted them to feel as comfortable as possible. And if they didn't want to come to camp this season, Andy, that's okay. Mm-hmm. We love you, and yep. that's okay. Yep. We'll and, see you next year. Yeah, we'll see right. you next year. Well, that was great. And, and I mean, you're hitting on a couple of really important things. And, and you know, you're a, a different kind of camp than a lot of other camps. And yet, you know, there's a common thread in here that everybody needs to learn from. And um, one of the things is transparency right? You're not bullshitting anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like this is what it is and let's, let's talk about it. Right? right. The other thing is just like constant communication, you know, mm-hmm. weekly Facebook live meetings. I mean, that's awesome. I never Thanks. heard of any camp doing that. And that's great. Um, my, my first uh, knee jerk reaction is, well, not everybody's on Facebook, you know, right. <laughs> but I guess that's good for that. I mean, we did zooms. Yeah. Um, but, but that's awesome. And then, you know, you had mentioned to me earlier, you know, about the phone calls that you guys were really like militant about it. Mm-hmm. Like you really wanted to have these one-on-one conversations with folks, yeah. you know, which is, which is a really great commitment. When I think a lot of camp professionals during, again, during that time of uncertainty, mm-hmm. right, were a little reluctant to have these conversations because they didn't know the answers. You know what? I, we felt that if we didn't know, that we're going to tell you at this point, we don't know, but we didn't, we, so many camps we felt around us were not giving their families any information. Mm -hmm. So if we could at least go on and say, we plan to open camp. These are going to be the dates that we expect to run. These are our protocols. As of now, if the governor changes something, we will pivot and change. Um, And go from there. That's what we did. And, and, you know, sometimes we didn't have the answer, but at least we felt we hopped on and could comfort people and and have an open conversation about what's going on in the community or, you know, obviously our camp community and, and people applauded us for that. And, um, you know, it worked. Yeah. You, you gotta, I I recommend everybody listening, go to sporttimeny.com forward slash COVID-19 underscore guide. And it is extensive, <laughs> extensive. <laughs> I mean, again, indoor facility, lots of sports equipment. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so as I'm reading this, Melody, I know you guys are big with tennis and I'm just thinking to myself, how the hell do you do tennis? Like, how do you do it? Like with the balls and all this kind of thing. Okay. Ready? You're yeah, ready. I'm ready. I, I want to hear it. Okay. So, and we did this with camp too, but 
the let's just say the campers or tennis uh, players come to the court. They have to sanitize their hands before. They have to sanitize their hands after, right? That's fine. Mm -hmm. Once the kids come off the court, the tennis professional on the court that's left there, the coach, they sanitize all the rackets and then they sanitize all the balls and then they would swap the balls out. So baskets, they would swap the baskets of balls out. So the balls would and be And they, they had to bring their own rackets, right? Um, they could bring their own rackets, but mm -hmm. we have enough where we can sanitize them, put them out to dry and then you know, gotcha. have a fresh set ready. And mm -hmm. we did that with all of our sports equipment. Right, right. So. No, that's, that's, that's great. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, you think about a big picture, uh, there really is no better socially distant sport than tennis. Right? Absolutely. And as long as you're washing your hands before, washing your hands after, it's the same thing if you're playing basketball or any other sport, baseball, right? Right. All those kind of things. Yeah. No, it makes a lot of sense. Um, in regards to kids bringing their own rackets versus not, um, you know, there's a lot of camps that had waterfronts this summer yeah. that had the kids actually purchase their own uh, life vest and bring to camp just for, cause the washing of life vests is such a arduous thing. So yeah. uh, it was interesting. And, and because of this summer, mm -hmm. you know, as I've been saying on a lot of the podcasts, parents were just like, okay, Oh, we need to buy our own life vest. Oh, we need to buy our own tennis racket. Oh, like whatever. Like if that's what it's going to take, that's not that big of a deal. You know? Yeah, no, we had to make, a, you know, we had to make quite a few changes and um, our families were fine. They were fine right. with it. I mean, we, we have water slides. We have inflatable water slides, which is a huge thing, and the kids love them. You know, we chose not to use them. Some of the camps around us did. Mm -hmm. We chose that. We, we just decided it wasn't the best fit for us. It wasn't chlorinated water. You know, going down the water slides, everybody's like, you know, yeah. so we decided <laughs> not to do it. And, um, you know, we got a little bit of pushback, but in the end, it, it was totally fine. You know, obviously, it, we kept our group small. We didn't serve food this summer. We didn't give out snack, any of that. So mm -hmm. the campers had to bring their own lunch like they would to school and carry it with them. Mm -hmm. And we didn't do trips. But other than that, everything really stayed the same. And then we did a um, we did an express drop off like we normally did, but then we did an extra express pickup. So as the camp parents went around our loop, they had a little car tag in their car and we radioed to the group to bring out the kids. And it was very uh, Chick-fil-A-esque. I will tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. No, we do something similar and it is highly possible to do anyway. It is. It so, is. so let's just go back to the in indoor thing. Sure. So, so, because I was reading your stuff and, you know, as, as I'm starting to read it, I'm thinking, well, they're indoors. Like, how could they do it like entirely safety because the safely because, you know, the air is recirculating and this and that. And I sort of, right. you know, felt myself being like a, a parent, like an ignorant parent that didn't really know. But then as, a, as you start reading about it and the circulation systems and the fact that you're talking about these tennis buildings and stuff that have these, there's lots of air in there and, yeah. it, and, and, and there's lots of recirculating going on. And, um, any, anyway, can you, so here I am, Melanie, and I'm saying, yeah. well, all right, so I'm indoors, my kid's indoors, mm -hmm. how do I know with recirculating air, they're not going to catch a little COVID germ? You know? So, right, obviously, they're washing their hands before, they're washing their hands after. We gave out gaiters to all of our kids, which were these little sports on gaiters, right? Mm -hmm. And we gave them to everybody, and when you were in your little pod, you can pull them down and play as normal. As you were passing other camp groups or during pickup and drop off where we really had a hard time distancing everyone six feet or more, then we asked you to pull up your gator. So, you know, we tried as much as we could to, to sort of use those facial coverings. But like you said, in our turf bubble, 
in our tennis court buildings, the ceilings are extremely high. As soon as Governor Cuomo came out and said our MERV HVA systems had to be whatever number they were supposed to be, 13, mm-hmm. I believe, we we called the company that services our HVAC and swapped out all of those filters. And um, we're fortunate where we can open big garage doors and yeah. we can open doors and turn on fans and get that air pumping even more. So we did everything we could to keep that air going. Yeah. And you were proactive. Like you were saying about the filters, you did it immediately, yeah. right? Any camp that waited a couple of weeks on that, they're probably still waiting for their filters. <laughs> yeah. And their foggers and all their other equipment. Yeah, yeah. No, we ordered everything right away. And like I said, our CEO, Claude Oaken and our managing director, Joe Siegel, who's been a mentor to me as long as I've been at Sport Time, they were phenomenal. Anything you guys need, please get. Let us oh, know. Thanks. Give us lists. And and it if we didn't have them supporting us, you know, I don't yeah. know that we could yeah, have done it's it. Awesome. awesome. They had we're such very support. Lucky. Let, let's just talk about the face coverings for a second for like, yeah. you know, moving forward to next year because I, I was reading your, your stuff and it, and it reminded me of about maybe like five weeks into the summer when one of my really smart, like young teachers came up to me and was like, Hey, Andy, you know, those buffs you bought us. Well, Mm -hmm. did you see that report that they're really not that great? And, um, and you shouldn't be using this and you shouldn't be using this. So now you're like, your up to date information on your stuff is really hardcore that it's like, no, you need one of them like regular masks and not even the N95 one with the little respirator one, because that one, you know, it's not even protecting other people and all. So I think that's really interesting. Thing. And the way you guys wrote it out was really specific. Yeah, so we we did pivot, right? And then we ordered masks and the kids all got to tie-dye the masks oh, and bring cute. them to school. So they got to pick their colors. And, you know, we we actually, as far as the, the gators go um, that I showed you before. So mm-hmm. our staff had to had to change and they had to wear face masks, traditional face masks. And they actually always had to wear masks. There was no point in which um, our staff was allowed to take them off while they were working. So it's Mm -hmm. a little, little bit different in New York. Um, You know, we felt that we needed to have the masks at all times. As far as the kids were concerned, a lot of them came in with the gaiters and or masks that they liked. And if they, Mm -hmm. if their parents wanted them to wear them and they, and they wanted to wear it, you know, totally fine. But we did change over to these and we gave them out as a little token for them to bring back to school, the face masks. And, um, you know, we, we did see that report. So the facility did change its tune on, um, the gators versus the masks. So we, we, you know, we did move forward with the masks, but for the kids, it was a little bit different. They weren't mandated to wear masks or facial coverings at camp. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it was right. a little bit easier for us, but yeah. Right. So, so, so for those of you listening to the podcast and a regular podcast thing, if you want to check out our, our YouTube channel, you can see Melanie's uh, basically got these little, she got white uh, regular face masks and they tie dyed them really cute and they say yeah. sport time on them, which is nice. Um, so, all right. Any, any, it's a mini pod, Melanie. So um, any last thoughts to our colleagues out there who have fears about using indoor facilities? Um, it can be done, right? I, you know, I do want everyone to know that I left the camp conference and I did not leave my house until it was time to go back to camp. I'm a mother of three. Holy crap. I, and you know, I'm very conservative. I was very nervous, but I listened to the science and I listened to the, 
the data and I listen to my friends in the camp industry and, and our uh, doctors and nurse nurses that are our camp parents and felt that it was safe to go back. And we took the precautions that we did and it worked and you just have to be diligent. We, um, you know, we, <laughs> we spoke to our camp, uh, our camp staff and we said, guys, we need you to be good humans. We need you to wash your hands. We need you to wear your masks. We live on Long Island. We know you want to go to Montauk and you want to be in the Hamptons and you want to go to Fire Island. But please, this summer, can you um, try to just hang out with the same group of kids and um, just try to stay safe? Because when you come back to camp, you know, we're all a community at camp. And, um, you know, our staff was phenomenal. They, they really toned it down. And, you know, we were all as careful as we could be. And, um, you know, it, it, it can be done. I love it. Thank you so much, Melanie. Um, she could check her out on social media. You check out Sport Time New York um, and, and, and their website and all. And like I said, their COVID-19 guidelines, it's, it's super phenomenal. And, and Melanie also, you know, besides doing the marketing and the camp date camp directing, she does a lot of social media stuff. So, uh, you know, you could become Melanie's friend too, just like I have. You can right. become my friend, sports yep. on KP. Yeah. And there's lots to learn from, uh, from all kinds of camps. And as I was telling Melanie who, you know, started her, her camp career at a big private day camp that's on like 35 acres or whatever. Um, there's more camps in America, like sport time, New York, than there are like Crestwood and, uh, Liberty Lake uh, for that matter. So, you know, thank you for uh, the inspiration and we will, we will pass it on to our colleagues. Thank and we you, wanna, Andy. Uh, you're welcome. And we want to thank our Go Camp Pro team and our dedicated sponsors, AM Skyer and Commercial Recreation Specialists, for allowing us to bring this podcast for you. If you don't want to miss an episode of Day Camp Pod, you should subscribe and check out the show notes from this and other episodes at daycamppodcast.com, as well as the contact information for our show and our guest, Melanie. And thanks for listening and making yourself a better day camp professional. We'll be back next week with a full-blown Day Camp Pod and in two weeks with another mini pod about Day Camp Kitchens with my man, Sam Bork. Thanks a lot. This has been the Day Camp Pod. The Day Camp Podcast is brought to you by Go Camp Pro and the Go Camp Pro Podcast Network. Find a podcast for camp professionals of every age and stage at gocamp.pro slash podcast. Thanks for listening, friends. Hey, Camp Pros. We love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, we hope that whenever you share an idea that you learn from the Camp Hacker Podcast, Conference, Summer Camp Professionals Group, or wherever else, that you're quick to give credit where credit is due. That way, we can all encourage more camp pros to share the tips and tricks that will make camp better.